Welcome back, everyone. I feel like this is the first true winter episode because it's super snowy. I was driving over here this morning. It's cold. It's gray. It's miserable. Brighton opened on Saturday, I think, right? Like it's, you know, winter is here. I always said that if I controlled the weather, how I would do it is I would, I would like, it wouldn't snow until the day after Thanksgiving. And it did that this, this season. It kind of, now it just needs to go away. I think January 30th. Well, I think I, I'll winter say, should start to phase I'll say out. till Valentine's day. Okay. I think you should be able to ride shoreline after Valentine's day. I tend to agree. Last year, it was like you were able to ride shoreline after Labor Day. Like, I don't want a repeat of last year. I know that, like, we need it watershed-wise, but, like, I'm so not into the idea of being consigned to Corner Canyon until July again. Um, but, you know, yeah, what I do mean, you do? It was just the best fall ever, though. I thought it was just a fantastic fall. It, I got to ride a lot. Good. I think people got to ride a lot. It is good seeing people out on skis and doing other things and... But I'm already ready for spring. So. I'm a bike guy. Yeah. Sue me. Um, I, I did. I went on a long winter hike yesterday. First one of those. Plugged in my audiobook. Hiked for two or three hours. Super nice. Uh, tried to spin with you in the morning, which wasn't super nice. Um, I don't know how you go longer than an hour or hour and a half on Zwift, though. Like, well, actually, so my goal for this weekend was I was going to do two back-to-back centuries over the Thanksgiving break. But I ended up getting sick. As you can tell from my voice, I'm... I've got a cold or something going on, which is kind of no fair because like a lot of people when they get colds, their voices sound like really deep and awesome. Mine gets even worse. Because before the cold, you sound like a kid. Now you sound like a kid with a cold. (laughs) Like I, I, you know, you can't win Dan. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so like, like, uh, you know, winter's here. We've given you all the tools you need at this point. Go do it, I guess. Like, we'll probably... Well, we'll keep talking about it. We'll keep it. talking about it, but but hopefully you guys are feel well-equipped. If this is, like, your first winner as a cyclist, welcome. It sucks. Um, find other stuff that's fun and active. Um, but, yeah, it's you know, it, it's all part of, like, the life cycle of cycling, though. You know, I, I think there's sometimes I wish I lived in, like, Southern California or something. I could just ride you around. But I do think this really makes me appreciate it. It really does. I think it's good. Like, do you ever have it's those healthy. days in the summer where you're like, oh, it's hot and I don't want to go ride. But then you think, like, if, if this was a random day in January, I would kill for a ride. Mm-hmm. For the crappiest ride ever, I would do anything for. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. Makes you makes you appreciate it. Um, before we jump into the main topic today, we had a couple of uh, responses on last week's show. Right? Yeah. All right, um, Grant Holzberg chimed in with his favorite item at his favorite restaurant. Okay, and, and this we have one, a couple of these today. Yeah, we got we, a, we have a couple. Yeah, and this is one that's easy for me to understand. Okay, um, and I don't think we need to try it because we pretty much already have. But okay. his favorite is the chicken bacon ranch pizza from the Pizza Cart in Cedar City. Okay, so so Pizza Cart obviously is is a dub. Chicken bacon ranch is not a flavor in my repertoire of go-tos. I think their version of that is probably the best. My instinct on this is to say L flavor choice, dub restaurant choice, but I haven't tried that particular one. So I might well, I might need to... You know, I have actually tasted that one. I didn't order. I just tasted oh, really? it. Oh, okay. It was good. Okay. It's not my favorite pizza there, but it was like still... Are you enjoyable. St- do you still get red sauce on that, or is it like a we- is it like white? No, it's like a white sauce. Uh, white sauce pizzas and I aren't we? You know, have you tried their peppercorn one? I haven't. That's the best. I was gonna say really, it, yeah. And that would be my challenge to Grant is next time he goes tries to try the peppercorn. Is one. that peppercorn? Is that what? what it's is a that? white sauce one, but it's kind of mm. spicy. Mm. Or pepper jack? No, it's peppercorn. Peppercorn. Yeah. Okay, because I like I like black yeah. pepper. It's good. White pizza and I aren't friends, or white white sauce pizza. So maybe maybe they'll change my mind. But I'm I'm generally not playing around on that playground. I have my own friends. Marinara and I are friends, and he and I do everything together. White sauce is not. He's not my friend. Um, but yeah, I, I'll say overall that's a dub for, okay. for Grant. Um, Spencer Wood sent me a text and this isn't about his favorite restaurant, but it was okay. kind of in response to our last episode. Okay. Um, Cause we talked about carbohydrates last time. Right. Right. And let's see. He said, Hey Dan, I just listened to this week's podcast and I have a couple things to share. Me dwell means 
it pains me. Oh, really? Or I'm suffering in Italian. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And this is funny. I thought it was like Spanish or something. I didn't realize it was Italian, but that would make sense that yeah. it's Italian because you do. I'm suffering. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. An accurate name for a cycling club. Also, my favorite cheap snack for rides is Haribo gummies. They're Classic. Al- they're almost all glucose syrup. Yes. Which isn't yeah because we kind of talked about how like most American candy is is fructose based. Fructose, right? A lot of the ride food that we have is um, maltodextrin, maltodextrin, which right. is acts almost identical to glucose. Right. Um, it's more complex, but it, it metabolizes about the same rate, so it's okay. kind of the same thing. Um, but yeah, gummy bears or Harbo gummy bears are actually glucose based. So they are actually a really good ride food that you don't have to buy at a bike shop. So interesting. Are there any other glucose based like common candies? Um, you know, I would say not really candies, but one thing is is like the um like the King's Hawaiians are really, really white bread is converted to glucose almost instantly. And so like really, really white breads are super good for ride fuel. Like that's why um that's why I like to use the King Hawaiian rolls. Those are awesome. That's yeah. an amazing ride food choice. It's a really good ride food. It's a really good. Because I just Googled like what candies are glucose based and I couldn't. Yeah, I there's not really a whole lot hits. really. Um, so that's why in a sense it's kind of worth it to like use commercially produced um, ride foods versus candy. But if you know what you're doing, like you can find like the gummy bears, the King Hawaiian rolls. Right, right. Or there, there's probably other things out there. Maybe we should look into that more. And we should say, for like the sake of disclaimers too, like if you're buying... Rice Krispie treats. Oh, yeah, that's the other... I love, yeah. That might be my favorite ride Those food right now. Those are super good. We should say, like, if you're bonking on a ride and you're out in Colville and you go to the gas station there, like, a Snickers will still help you. It's just not a... Like, if you if you have the choice, go for glucose or maltodextrin-based stuff. But, like, you know... Oh, yeah. Like, food is food. It'll help. Absolutely. We're talking about good, better, best here, right? Just to be totally clear. It's not like you should... We're not saying you should avoid fructose-based something as ride food per se. It's just not ideal, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's not metabolized as quick. Okay. Okay, Um, that makes some sense. But anyhow, I thought... Yeah, thanks for pointing that out, Spencer. Knowing about the gummy bears is a... Okay. Kind of Peter Sagan's... Well, no, there's this very famous clip of him. I don't remember. It was one of the, the Flemish <clears throat> classics. I want to say it just looked like a miserable, like seven hours of, you know, riding around in the rain or whatever. And he finishes and his trainer hands him this handful of Haribos and he's, you know, eating them like a toddler. I, I'll dig up the clip. It's kind of a funny one. Uh, I do actually have a food submission um, from, uh, from our very own Hay- Hayden Fonger. He says, uh, Tropical Smoothie Cafe. I always get the Chipotle Chicken Club with the Sunrise Sunset Smoothie. Okay. So with Hayden, it's hard to know if he's being serious so, or kidding. So Hayden, <laughs> that is not something that I would put in my top five. I but I'm I I I feel like I'm obligated to go try it and and say I'm I'm going to say like my immediate incredulous judgy self is saying that's an L um, because I'm sure that's like a microwaved sandwich or whatever. But here's the thing. Sometimes there's like, do you have, do you have those foods like that where you're like, I can't defend this, but I really like it. Do you do you have do you have any foods that are like, that are like, it's like I can't defend this as being good, but I really like it. Kind of like like for me, like I would say or, like like the McDonald's sausage biscuit, or like for me, it's a McDonald's cheeseburger. It really, te- it technically sucks, but I really enjoy eating them, and yeah. I don't very often. Like I haven't for about. But every years, once but... in a while, you just kind of get that like that, that itch where mm-hmm. you're like, I need to eat this gross food that is that's that's it's like for sure gross or like um, the Costco hot dogs mom used to or corn dogs that mom used to get like the microwave oh, the corn dogs. Farms ones. Yes. Something about those with like a bunch of ketchup that's you like know, gross, it's, but it's good. Maybe, Not to say, Hayden, that your pick is gross. No, no, maybe Hayden just likes lunch with soccer moms and. I'm I'm trying so hard because again, and like I didn't realize the flaw with this game, and we might have to end it, is that like if you really like something, I feel weird getting on here and saying it's an L. Well, um, and I don't think we. I, <laughs> uh, the, what I'm thinking we do is if it, if it interests us, we'll try it. Yeah, I think because we're also realizing like we've got we've had a lot of we're like we can't practically you know 
try all of these. You still need to try Amy Larkins, right? I figured that'd be a waste on me. I do need to get in. And you know what? I'll take Tessa for that. That's okay. a good idea. She'd, that'd be kind of a waste on me because it's not Mexican or pizza. Yeah, you're so. kind of close-minded with food, Dan. Oh, yeah. I'm still – I think I'm more close-minded than most people, but I'm less close-minded than you. No, so not saying much. Um, the, the last one today is one that you actually did go and get and, and that we're going to report on, um, yeah. which I'm, I'm interested because this one does sound good. Yeah, so Brady Preston – his favorite food at his favorite restaurant is, it's the Copper Onion in Salt Lake. Okay. And I, I've heard a lot of people say they like this place. It, it's pretty famous. Like, it's kind of like like is, the go-to fancy prom place in Salt Lake right now. Is I'd it say. really? Kind of. Was it on Triple D or something? Or? I don't know. Let me, let me, I'm going to Google this. Will you, will you, you know, run through your thoughts? Well, so... Brady's favorite dish at his favorite restaurant is the beef stroganoff at the Copper Onion. And that's one that actually sounded pretty good to me. So I decided I was going to try it. And so I actually went there and I just called in. I got takeout. I got it to go and ate it in the car. Um, it was a little bit on the expensive side. I was a little surprised how much it cost. Because remember, it's a pasta dish. And I, I, I think pasta dishes have to be insanely good to be Really expensive. So how much are we talking here? It was like $27. Okay. For how much pasta? Um, I was pretty full when I was done eating it. Okay. How, what were your thoughts? You know, it was, it, it, it was really fancy yet comforting. Okay. You know, it's kind of, um, it did feel fancy, but it, it felt a little bit like something I would have eaten at home or something, you know, and, and I liked okay. that about it. Um, I would say I actually really enjoyed it. I don't know if, if with the with the cost, I wouldn't do it very often at all. Like it was okay. pretty expensive, I thought. Um, I, I would say that outside of Mexican food and pizza, it's one of the better things I've eaten. Wow. Okay. You know. Okay. That's that's pretty good then. Yeah. I mean, I, I did enjoy it. But okay. Was, was, if, was, like, and, and I was gonna say if it was like. If it was like 15 bucks, I'd probably eat it all the time. Okay. Just kind of like slightly more, you think for what they're charging for your particular taste. Yeah, that was a bit. But overall, dub or L? Oh, yeah. It was, it was a dub. It's a dub. Yeah. It's a dub. Okay. Congratulations, Brady. You've got the first verified dub uh, uh, for this game. Uh, Amy and Hayden, uh, we, we will do our best to verify the 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 what would we say? I want to try Hayden just to pick. see if he was joking or not. I, I don't know, man. Hayden, I, I don't I don't you should never doubt you should never doubt Hayden Fonger. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to to write it off, but you you'll for, you, Hayden, you'll forgive me for being maybe a little skeptical. Um, I think that guy's hilarious. I think he's one of my favorite people in the world. Um, if you have any other picks, send them our way. I, I think this will probably be, I wonder if people are just going to start tuning into this and then like turning it off when we start talking about like bike stuff, bike stuff. Um, speaking of today, we do actually have bike stuff to talk about. Is this a good, are you ready sure. for a segue? Yeah, cool. Okay. <clears throat> well, speaking of bike stuff, Dan, we do actually have a main non-food related topic for you guys today. Um, and this is, um, uh, th this one, uh, this one's hard to figure out a creative transition for us. So why don't we just get into it? <laughs> okay. I was, so I, did you see me just like, 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 you know, drowning on dry land there looking for something <laughs> to give you? Cause I forget you told me five minutes ago what we we're talking about and it, it went, you already right. forgot. I was, I was busy. I was setting up the mics. I asked to be polite and then forgot. So Dan, what are we talking about today? Okay. Well, we're, today we're talking about inflammation and adaptations. Cool. Okay. And it's actually a super, super important topic. Um, so really bear with it because we're going to be talking about things that I think a lot of people misunderstand. And quite frankly, they get them wrong. Okay. So when you say inflammation adaptation, I'm assuming that we're talking about like you go on a bike ride, you work your muscles really hard, we'll get they there. get all inflamed and stuff, and then you adapt and get better. Is that, yeah, is that we'll like get there. roughly so, where we're pointing? Roughly where we're headed. But okay. let me first kind of start out with the reason I thought we'd talk about this today because um, I hear a lot of people like, and you see it a lot on like social media and so forth, people that take ice baths 
and oh, yeah. just really preach about the benefits of ice baths. And, um, and there's, I know a lot of, I've heard a lot of people talking about that they take cold showers because they think there's all these benefits to taking cold showers. I don't, I know Andrew, one time some life coach person that was talking told about how he took cold showers every morning. So Andrew started taking cold showers. Gotta love my impressionable little brother there. You know, and um, so, and, and so like, I think, I, I think with with cold showers, I, I definitely think the hype drastically outweighs any science backing them. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think that you know that cold showers might have a bit of an endorphin release that kind of wakes people up. Right. I can see that happening. Um, but one thing that they do is they actually cause like vasoconstriction and reduce inflammation. Okay. You know, like, like that's for sure. The science is good that they do that. Well, how and, much that helps. And the thing up. is like an ice bath would a cold shower, not necessarily, mm. you know, cause like I'm a huge proponent of like, of saunas and even hot tubs. You know, there's like some really good training benefits that can, can be derived from, from having access to a sauna. In fact, I was thinking about it, you know, if you already have like, let's say, if you already have three different S-Works bikes, rather than getting a fourth, maybe you should consider getting a sauna, you know, like a little portable infrared sauna kind of thing. Infrared sauna? That's just like, yeah, that's just one of the types they have. You know, Does it do the same thing? Just yeah. make you hot and steamy? Uh, they're dry. Oh. Yeah. How, how much does a sauna cost? You know, I, I don't really know, but I think you can start getting them for a couple thousand. Okay, you keep talking. I'm going to see how much saunas well, cost. Well, actually, they have like sauna blankets. That's what I wondered about. A too. sauna, isn't that just a blanket? What's a, is it like a damp hot no, blanket? No, it's like an infrared blanket. That, but I'm like, man, that would just get so sweaty and... Ew. I think regular saunas are gross, well, for the record. A sauna... Not if any 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 anyone with Nordic heritage here, I promise I'm not bashing your culture. But like every, I've been in a sauna two or three times, and it. But we're you know uh, what we're not talking about saunas. We're not talking today. about saunas today. Okay. No, in fact, that'd be an, an, another interesting topic. We gotta save because, that for another episode. Yeah, because there really are some cool benefits that can come from saunas, and and so, but a hot shower doesn't necessarily do the same thing that a sauna would do, and so I, I think the cold showers are a little bit more benign than ice baths is kind of what I'm trying to say. Okay. But we're not really talking about ice baths either today. Okay. So we were on a tangent on a tangent there. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they they do, they they are shown to reduce inflammation, which isn't too surprising. Got it. So inflammation is a bad thing, right? I'd imagine so. Because, and like, this is another, like, Inflammation is another trendy thing to talk about in the food, you know, the idiot I'll just stop food you influencer. Here. Sorry. The no, answer was ta- no. But well, go no, on. but like, but really quick, like p- people talk about this all the time now. Like this food causes, or like this seed oil causes inflammation. Like inflammation I'm hearing about constantly <laughs> on the internet right now. Yeah. I mean, sometimes when I hear the term inflammation, I just roll my eyes a little bit, you know, exactly. It's almost like a red flag. Like when someone starts talking about inflammation, I know that there's going to be a bunch of junk science, like junk science incoming is inflammation is, is yeah. Like a red flag for me sometimes. Yeah. Inflammation is definitely not a bad thing. It plays a very, very important role in our bodies Okay. and our immune system. And, um, Obviously, it can get out of hand, and then it becomes bad. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to talk about like our immune system and inflammation, and how our immune system and inflammation actually are part of what makes us faster when we train. So can we define inflammation? Because when, when I hear inflammation, I think like I just brushed by a tree that I'm allergic to on a ride, and my leg gets all red and boily and starts burning, or like... <laughs> Um, your eye, you're like, you're, you're like, I have something in my eye and it's all inflamed, right? Like when we were, inflammation is like a broad, are we talking about like, a, like inflammation going on inside your body? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, um, and we'll talk about them more in just a second, but there's kind of like a 
part of our immune system is a pro-inflammatory response. And right. it actually serves a very valuable purpose. Um, we'll talk about that in just a sec. But last week when we were talking about like, we were talking about like carbohydrates and sugars and stuff a little more, we talked about, oh, we, we talked a little bit about how like some people claim that certain foods cause inflammation. Right. Um, let's just talk about that real quick before we get on to the, like the immune system and, and how it relates to training. But, um, I've heard a lot of people say that like milk or gluten or sugar are inflammatory and you should avoid them. Right. And there really aren't necessarily foods that are inflammatory, but what it, what it is more is that certain foods the body might see, or the body might sense as like a, a foreign body and, and cause an inflammation response, you know? So, right. so certain foods can cause inflammation for some people that are sensitive to them. So like if you are lactose intolerant, milk might cause an inflammatory response. If you're not, it won't. Yeah. For most people, it won't. For most people, it's a healthy, nutritious, nutrient dense so the Ooh. takeaway is don't eat stuff that you're allergic to is like the extent of the good science on this basically, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. Like if you eat something and it causes you to feel like crap, maybe you shouldn't eat it. If you eat it and you feel fine, you're probably okay eating it. You know, it's kind of... Got it. Okay. I mean, that's really... Um, Unless you have something to sell someone, then everything except for the thing you're selling is inflammatory. That's true. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, gluten is another one that like a lot of people say is inflammatory and really like for most people it's not... no. I will say about gluten, a lot of people that do quit gluten end up feeling better. But I think the reason for that is because they're also giving up like a bunch of junk food, like crackers and chips ahoy. And, you know, gluten's found in a lot of the the really addictive, high energy, low nutrition. Kind Kind of of people go vegan. They just kind of end up eating more fruits and vegetables. And if they'd kind of just done that. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's like kind of we're confusing benefits here, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way before we start talking about the immune system and inflammation's role in that and how that helps us adapt to exercise. And after we're done, maybe you guys can decide whether or not I am pro cold shower or not so okay all right we'll try to suss out your position on cold showers yeah okay um yeah so let's talk about the immune system now a lot of people don't really i don't know how many people really know that it's like ultimately kind of the immune system that triggers adaptations to exercise I don't know how common that knowledge is. I wouldn't have thought of it that way. I I think I understood that, like, we talk about, like, you know, your body, something bad happens to your body, and it it needs to prepare for it to happen again. Like, that was, like, episode one or two of this podcast, right? It was, like, how do you get better? But I I didn't even realize until fairly recently, like, like allergies are an immune system thing, because I'm not, I don't, I don't have any allergies, right? So, like, my interactions with my immune system, to my knowledge, were, like, oh, you know, I don't want to get a cold. And so hopefully my immune system will protect me. Right. Yeah. And the immune system is just like an enormously huge topic. Oh yeah. And, and the part of it that deals with like exercise and adaptation is kind of the crude kind of early phases of, of the, of the, um, immune system. So we're just going to kind of touch on it just a little bit, but so, so basically when, when like an infection or there's, tissue damage, or in our case, oxidative stress. And let me just, you're, we're going to, I might just define oxidative stress real quick. Please you, do. Can, you guys kind of hear that a lot, but um, oxidative stress is basically when, when you have a chemical in your body with an unpaired electron, it reacts, it kind of goes crazy and reacts and interferes with other molecules. Okay. And, you know, sometimes they're called like free ro- free radicals or ROS, reactive oh, okay. oxygen species or types of, of oxidative stress. Um, and, and this can elicit an inflammatory response. Now, huh. like the way I think of it is, you know, when you have like the old fashioned washing machines where you open them from the top. Yeah. And you like say you go and you wash like one towel and then when it goes on the spin cycle, 
Right. It starts spinning and the towel's just kind of on one side so it's not balanced. And right. the washing machine starts kind of making all this clunking noises and kind of going out of control. Or vibrating really bad. Yeah. Okay. And like an antioxidant would be like putting another towel in there so it balances it out. Oh, interesting. And, yeah, oh, okay. So that's kind did of, you come up with that? I actually made that up myself. Did you really? I did. But I was worried... That like nobody here would have would even know what type of washing machine I'm talking about, like the top loading kind. So what are, do people not have those anymore? I think they all have the front loading ones. We really? Yeah, or most people do. Oh, I know we're like old fashioned, huh? Oh, oh no, <laughs> I feel poor now. Oh no, I didn't even know. Oh, yeah. I do know that we have the washing machine that sings like an entire symphony every time your clothes are done. Like it's like hilariously long song. It's like a 45 second jingle every single time your socks are done, which is, <laughs> I think is really funny. I don't, yeah, anyway, yeah. sorry, Dan. That I'm, should I'm, be the new intro music to our podcast. Okay. So anyhow, we just, we just talked about oxidative yes. stress, right? Yes. Now people know what that is. Okay. Um, and, and, and for cycling, like, I mean, we don't, you know, we're not really talking so much about like, like actually getting a wound or anything. I mean, that does happen, but right. um, we do occasionally get some muscle damage when we're doing like high intensity intervals or, or like a super, super long ride or something. Um, mostly what is kind of eliciting the, the inflammation response or the immune response from cycling is more related to oxidative stress because when we create energy, um, you know, through the electron transport chain and all that stuff, it does cause oxidative stress. And so that's kind of what signals the, the immune response for cyclists, you know? Hmm, so, okay. Like if we were strength trainers, it would be totally different. It'd be more about muscle damage and so forth, but um, we kind of deal with both of those. So, so what happens with, with the immune response is, um, cytokines, they activate the immune system, which causes um, vasodilation, increases circulation to the area, and the, um, the capillaries in the area release plasma, and this causes swelling, which, um, you know, it causes redness, it causes heat, it causes pain, and and once that happens, that signals what, what we could kind of consider as like the first responders and the, the neutrophils and macrophages. And these are, I would cons compare them to like the paramedics, you know, like, like if there's an accident on the freeway, the paramedics will go out and they will like put tourniquets on or they'll like bandage them up, right. stop the bleeding, put enough to get them to the hospital where you know, like in the ICU or the emergency room or something, more mm. sophisticated medications could be used or, or, or oh, okay. you know. Um, and, and so, so like the neutrophils, they kind of eat up any foreign bodies and they self-destruct. And when they self-destruct, they basically turn into pus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which um, is why you get like, uh, like when, you, when you're healing, you get some of those gross. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, the macrophages they come from the white blood cells and they will destroy and digest foreign bodies. And, and unlike the neutrophils, they can continue to do that. Like they keep doing that repeatedly. Um, and then there's also natural killer cells. Um, they call them NK cells that they go through and they'll identify and destroy cells that are defective. And this is called apoptosis, which is really kind of a process of, um, Eliminating cells that are destroyed and replace ultimately replacing them with newer, better ones. So you say cells that are defective. What do you mean by that? Well, it can either be foreign bodies or our own cells that have been destroyed. Oh. Yeah. So just when you say destroyed, like you do a really hard interval workout and you're sore, or, or are we destroying cells there that yeah. are going to have to be? Yeah, basically. That, I mean, is that's, that, that is kind here? of the goal with with training is to do enough damage that repair is going to be necessary kind of a build back better yeah, sort of exactly okay. all right um another thing that the the body does is kind of a first response um is it will increase the temperature of the body and just kind of kill everything 
because I understand that your body, like that's, is that, is this, is this, I don't know if this is like a wives tale or like a urban legends, the wrong word, but like, um, that like when you get a fever, that's your body trying to kill off. It really is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and that's one thing to kind of point out about this is like, um, under like, under fairly normal type training circumstances or something, or, or just like if an injury is not super severe, um, these kind of first line defenses will kind of take care of things and they'll go away and things will be fine. Sometimes they get a little bit out of control and, and they cause like too much and excessive swelling and, um, or, you know, or the temperature, your temperature gets excessive and then it needs to be kind of controlled by outside means. Hmm. But normally it doesn't. Normally it's got a way of kind of managing that on its own. Okay. Um, so, so once these, these foreign bodies or whatever, these cells that aren't needed anymore are, are destroyed, the lymphatic system takes them up, cleans them out before it releases it back into the bloodstream. Got it. So kind of a cool process. Um, so, so, once, so when there's kind of an injury detected, our body starts producing what are called pro-inflammatory chemicals. Once that insult's been cleared, it, our body starts producing anti-inflammatory chemicals. And it's important to point out that our body actually produces these. Um, it produces them from, like, a lot of times from, like, the omega-3 fatty acids that we consume and other things that we consume in food. But our body actually cons produces its own anti-inflammatories. Um, and as I mentioned, these are basically, it's like lending an electron to stabilize those free radicals, you know, so your washing machine spins smoothly rather than erratically. Got it, okay. Yeah. Um, and if, if this, like, anytime inflammation continues past this point, then it kind of becomes, then it kind of becomes, like, more chronic, and it ends up damaging healthy cells and causes problems and... So what's an example of like, what's the circumstance where that happens? Well, like I mentioned, a lot of times, like, like say, well, say you, you go out and you do some exercise, you do a little bit, you do about the right amount of damage, the, you know, it, it triggers like an immune response an inflammatory response. Um, and then after a while, the, your body sends out the anti-inflammatory chemicals and you're just back to normal and you're fine. Okay. But say you like sprain your ankle mm. and you know, <clears throat> you get like a lot of swelling and, and sometimes these first responders almost kind of go above and beyond and the swelling gets so bad that it actually kind of inhibits right. repair and so forth. And so then things, measures have to be taken to reduce that. And control that. Got it. So, okay. So so basically, there's there's three stages. Um, the first stage is pro-inflammatory. The second stage is anti-inflammatory. Then the third stage is repair. And in our world, we can really think of repair as our adaptations is what we're going for, right? So it's like gains, right? Yeah. Adaptation equals gains. Is, it means you're getting faster. You're getting Got better. It. Okay. So the thing I want you guys to remember from all of this, and this is super important, is that inflammation signals adaptation. Right. And adaptation, that's the reason we train. We train because we want to <coughs> improve our bodies. We want to get faster. We want to get stronger. So to help me understand this point, like let's say we have a hypothetical person who has a medical condition that makes it, I don't know if this is a real medical condition, but the, like, your body does not have the inflammatory process. What would happen to that person trying to train? Like in the absence okay. of this process? I have no idea about that, but what I do know is that if you try to artificially um, limit your body's ability to, your inflammation response, you're going to greatly decrease your adaptations and okay. the, the numbers are pretty surprised. It, it's, it's actually kind of a big deal. Okay. So ridiculously ignorant question here. Like if you were to take 
before ibuprofen, before every ride, or right after every ride, something that like reduces inflammation, would that would that like kneecap your training gains? Okay, I've heard numbers between and depending on a lot of circumstances, but I've right. I've I've seen numbers between fifty and ninety percent. Really, it can dramatically really reduce a, a lot of the training adaptations. Oh, interesting. So I know that there are a lot of people um, listening to this who, or I would assume because of women I've known who take a lot of ibuprofen to deal with like period pain and stuff like they're chronically taking and like there's other, I understand there's other health issues there. Is that, is that like, if you were like chronically taking, you know, a lot of fever reducer ibuprofen stuff like that, that's probably going to have an effect on your training. huh? And it really does. But the thing is, is judgment has to be used because like, say, for example, you have a sprained ankle, right? That sprained ankle is keeping you from training, right? right? If you can take ibuprofen to reduce the swelling so you heal from that faster so that you can actually so train. you can train again, then I think it's appropriate. Right. But I wouldn't, you know, and we'll talk in a sec about things that can reduce inflammation that you maybe should avoid. But um you know, for the most part, part I would try to avoid those things unless they're really, really needed. Like yeah. if it's really needed, be, but don't be like popping ibuprofen every time there's like a... Every time you have a slight headache or something. Well, that's probably good for like, I mean, taking ibuprofen long term is bad for other stuff in your body too, right? Isn't it bad for your liver? I would imagine. Or give you I ulcers really know, or something. I don't know. We're not yeah. doctors. But the point is like, I know that a lot of people take significant mm-hmm. amounts of anti-inflammatory stuff, right? And sometimes it's very justified. Right. And other times... Yeah. So maybe just like think twice, you know, make sure it's a good idea. Yeah. So like, so basically, yeah, interfering with this inflammation response, um, it greatly reduces our adaptation to exercise. And some of the ways that do this, one is cold therapy. Like, um, Like a lot of times you'll see people like taking ice baths in a river after a hard ride or taking cold plunges or something this really is it really it basically is really good at stopping inflammation which is stopping the signal for us to adapt to exercise maybe it makes you feel better though it does make you feel better where the confusion's coming from (coughs) because i know that like i've had i've i've done like maybe like a six hour ride and i take ibuprofen after because i know it'll make me feel a little better is that where we're, is that where the confusion you think is coming from? Yeah, and that's exactly it. There's basically there's basically a difference between recovery and adaptation. Right, because maybe if you're on the tour and you're between stage 17 and 18 and your body's destroyed, it might be a good idea for you to hop in an ice bath to reduce inflammation because your goal there is I need to feel good for tomorrow. Exactly. Your goal's performance. You're not out on the tour trying to gain fitness. Right. So like like that those same pros at a training camp in the winter are for sure not doing ice baths because they're looking for gains, not performance. Right. Yeah. OK. Absolutely. And that's that's the whole key distinction right there is, you know, these types of and, and like I would I would say cold therapy, taking antioxidant supplements like super high doses of vitamin C or something or or medication like ibuprofen. You know, these are all things that. If you need to reduce inflammation to improve performance short term, sure, they could be a good thing. Right. But if if you're if you have a practice of going out and training really hard and then taking an ice bath or maybe a cold shower, I don't know, um, that's probably not helping your adaptations. Okay. Um, so depending on what you're trying to do, consider basically consider inflammation when you're trying to decide what your goal is, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, and occasionally like occasionally like you do a workout that might be excessively hard, does an incredible amount of damage and could prevent you from training for 2 weeks. Right. You know, that's a case where there might be a good reason to try to artificially reduce some inflammation. Another thing too is like our body actually produces its own anti-inflammatory chemicals. And sometimes if we supplement, overly supplement with them, it decreases its own ability to do that too. And that's something to, okay. to kind of keep in, 
<clears throat> in mind. So, um, yeah, so there's, there's an important distinction to be made between recovery and adaptation. Um, there's some things that help us recover faster, but it blunts adaptation, and that would be like ibuprofen, ice baths, um, antioxidant supplements. You know, they're going to help you recover faster, but they're going to blunt adaptations. But there's some things that help you recover faster that don't necessarily blunt adaptations. Okay. And those things are... Sleep? Well, we'll get to that okay. one. Okay. Those things are like massage. Oh, Okay compression oh, okay are the two things that um and actually compression's a really really good one if you think you've done if you've caused like excessive inflammation um compression will kind of help keep the inflammation from getting too excessive but it won't stop the signal to adapt got it okay. yeah so so massage and compression are both really really good things to help speed up recovery but won't blunt adaptations um but what is there that you can do that actually helps accelerate adaptations and accelerate recovery at the same time what would you think S those two things? sleep sleep okay sleep and nutrition got it yeah sleep and nutrition um no matter how important you think sleep is it's more important than that right? yeah it's more important than that yeah okay so yeah, sleep and nutrition are the two things that can actually help, A, help you recover quicker, and B, that's when, you know, that's really what provides the opportunity to adapt from exercise. So, yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> okay. Because, like, I remember the beginning of the episode, you're like, is inflammation bad? And I think I kind of, like, flubbed that for you, because the answer is, like, in my head was, like, yes, inflammation is bad. Like, like anything you can do to, ref like, there's no harm in reducing inflammation, right? But, like, that's, I, so, like, this is, this is, like, this is one where, like, I, I, I'm, I'm learning quite a bit here. That was a, a real misconception, for you, especially where it's such, like, a hot thing for, like, fitness influencers to talk about, you know, which is kind of funny because I've, I've, I know I've seen multiple videos of people, like, oh, just finished a hard workout, so we're in the ice bath now. And there's almost always this weird, like, masculinity thing that goes along with it. They're like, look, I got in the ice bath and I don't even care because I'm tough, right? Like, and, and it, from, a, from a sports science perspective, that's really stupid, right? It really like, is. Like, there's, that's dumb. There's, that's really, really there's dumb. There's a few right? occasions when it would be a good thing if you're, like, a grand tour rider and you're in between right. stages. But for most of us listening, I can't think of very many good reasons to ever do that. Huh. Um, and, you know, and like where we're talking about whether inflammation's good or bad, it really, you know, obviously it's one of those that depends things. And really what it is, is it should be that your body can effectively switch from a pro-inflammatory to an anti-inflammatory state correctly. Hmm. You know, like once the insult's cleared, the inflammation stops. And then it's good, you know. I mean, if, if for some reason it keeps going beyond that, then it can be bad. But, you know, I as long as it's appropriately switching from pro-inflammatory to anti-inflammatory and that kind of keeps in balance, you know, then then it's a good thing. Hmm. You know? So, like, so this is another dumb question, but bear with me here. Little logic test. If getting in the ice bath after your workout hurts your adaptations is getting in a sauna after a workout going to accelerate them in some cases. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Saunas are kind of cool. Cause first off, I can't think of anything that sounds more awful than like getting off the trainer and getting into a sauna. That sounds really, really horrifying. But in some cases that could even, cause is it going to like increase the inflammation? It's going to make you feel worse. It really, yeah, it does make you feel worse. And, um, and I want to do a whole episode on sauna, so I don't want to talk too much about it. But it okay. really, ultimately, the sauna kind of has an EPO type effect. Really? Yeah. And it's argued that sauna therapy is actually more, more effective than elevation training. 
Well, okay. So is, is that a fringe position? Or maybe. Is there, okay. But, Interesting. But yeah, I do want to talk. I, I haven't really done a whole episode about saunas because I think probably, I don't know how many people on the team have access to saunas. Right. But Which, by the way, Google leads me to believe that an entry-level sauna from like a reputable sauna dealer is going to be like three grand up to, they say, 10,000 plus. And I guess that depends on how luxurious you want your sauna to be. But... Not totally inaccessible. It's not totally, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what I said. You like, know, your point is, like, there you are plenty have... of people with the disposable income where they're chucking it, they're buying a fat bike or something they're going to use twice, where maybe consider a sauna instead, right? Yeah, or, you know, if you have a gym membership or something, you know, you could right, right, you right. could take advantage of it there. That's a little inconvenient, but... Um, How do saunas work? Is it, because you can just put one inside your house, right? Do you have to pipe water to it? No, no, They have. that's why they have the infrared dry saunas and... Um, Got it. Yeah. Because like the old-fashioned sun, it's basically but, you just get rocks hot and then pour water on them, right? I think. But yeah, well, but the episode really wasn't going to okay, focus sorry, on sorry. saunas. Well, sauna episode. I am upcoming. I am pro sauna, anti ice bath. Okay, Dan so. stuck out. His, oh, that's right. I was supposed to find your position, but that became pretty clear later on in yeah. the episode. Oh, I don't okay. I don't really see how they could be beneficial, other than maybe waking you up. So you if know? an ice bath company comes to us and they want to sponsor our episode, will we like retract this? Will we do like a retraction where we're like anti-sauna pro ice bath? You know, it depends how much money they wanted to give <laughs> us. Then I'd, I'd say everyone has a price, right? Okay. No, no. Um, but, you know, as far as cold showers goes, I, I've heard that they're not, they're kind of benign compared to like an actual ice bath. Sure. Like you're really not exposing enough of your body to the cold at one time that it has right, quite right. the same effect. But to me, it's just kind of like, why bother? You know, it's not going to, cause they're not, ple- I mean like, like basically <laughs> if you find a cold shower pleasant, then it, it's, you know, and if it helps you it. and it makes you better go for you it, do but you. I don't really see how it could. It's okay. kind of my, but anyhow, you know, so, so really the takeaways on this is, um, first of all, when you train, Occasionally, you need to train hard enough that you're doing some damage, that you're doing enough damage that it's going to elicit a, um, an immune response. And so obviously, like when you're doing like your, your, your interval workouts, you know, once or twice a week, those should be hard enough that you really need a day of recovery after. Right. You know, um, you know occasionally you need to go on long enough slow rides that you need a day of recovery after, you know, you need those workouts that, that does enough damage that it's going to, going to stimulate a inflammation response. Okay. So that's, but you kind of keep the Goldilocks principle in mind too. You don't want to do so much damage that you're going to have like that these, these kind of these, immune first responders in our body are going to overreact and cause excessive swelling and take weeks to repair. You know, you kind of want to avoid those types of workouts. Those are events, not workouts. Right. Right. Like point to point is not a good workout. It's a terrible workout. It makes it so you can't really train for two more weeks. Right. But it's a great event, you know? And this is where I think, I I think this is complexity that takes us like you take some maturity for people to realize is that like, you can't just be the craziest. I'm so willing to suffer. I'm going to do the most insane workouts ever because practically you're kind of going to undercut yourself there. You have to be smart, right? Like you have to be willing to work really hard, but you have to work hard, smart. You can't yeah. just like, you've got to do the right amount of damage. Right. And and usually my rule of thumb is a hard workout normally shouldn't take more than a day to recover from. Right. Um, but it should require a recovery day. Yeah. And yeah. as we've talked about before, and this is a whole other tangent that like recovery is, is what really separates the pros, you know, is that mm-hmm. like they have, you know, they take their recovery as seriously as they take the intervals that they're recovering from. Right? Oh yeah. Which is why they can do so much more. And that's why the, like, I think the most common question we get is kind of like Xander's question we talked about a couple weeks ago, where it's like, do I train more? Do I train harder? It's like, no one's ever going to train too hard. You're just not going to be able to recover well enough to keep up with your training basically. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so, um, so make sure your workouts are hard enough that you're going to, you're going to, um, signal, signal some, your, your immune system to 
to, you're going to do enough damage that you're going to need some repair, but not too much. The next thing is, is you need to give your body what it needs and then kind of get out of the way. Okay. You know, you really don't need to worry about like, like supplements or antioxidant supplements. I mean, they, they, what you really need to do is, is after you've done that damage, you need to give your body what it needs to get out of the way. And how you give your body what, what it needs is first sleep. Um, sleep is just, we, you know, we've talked a lot about sleep and then nutrition yeah. and like the best sources of antioxidants are in food because right. the neat thing about food is like, if you take an antioxidant supplement, you can overdo it. Right. And, and blunt some adaptive effects, but you have a hard time eating that much pomegranate. But, right? but if you, if you get it through your food, you're really, yeah. you're going to get a healthy dose. Yeah, you're not going to overdo it. You're going to get right? a dose that your body can use and it uses really, really well. And, but it's not going to cause you any harm. Like, right. you, you know, so, so sleep and a lot of, you know, and, and these, these antioxidants come in the form of fruits and vegetables and, and just good, obviously healthy foods. So, you know, it, <laughs> I mean, it really comes down to like, the right amount of training, the right amount of sleep and nutrition. And I, you know, it's amazing how it all kind of every episode almost just kind of boils down to really simple, basic things. There's that, nothing we can sell you guys. I know. I, yep. I, you know, I'm a very disgruntled magic bullet hunter because uh, yeah, because I, I, if, if, if there, if the advice ends with a sales pitch, it's probably bad advice, right? Yeah, use my discount code at your local oh my produce. <laughs> yeah, when you're buying frozen vegetables at Walmart next time, like I, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, we won't go down that that rabbit hole again. But yeah, I mean, it is, it is, it, you know, it's it's not it's not it's not hard. I think, and the thing is, I think most people are generally doing more or less the right things too. Like, I don't think, I mean, not a ton of. Do we have a ton of neighborhood kids taking ice baths after? Do you know, I, I think a lot of people do, like I see a lot really? of kids on Instagram, they'll go on like rides and then they'll soak their legs in the river or something. And yeah, I've done that before. You know what I mean? It feels better, good. Right? Yeah. yeah. But not everything that feels good is good. Huh? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> That's deep. There's some insight. Um, yeah, that is super interesting. Cause yeah, at the beginning episode, like I said, I would have said inflammation is bad. Anything you can do to reduce it is good. Yep. That's not right. That is so. incorrect. Okay. Add that to the long list of things that I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was, I was just about to say, go out and ride your bike, have fun, but I meant that we can't really do that right now. So no. go out and hike and run and ski and do something every day to make you a better athlete. And then get in a sauna after. <laughs> Bingo. Sauna episode incoming. Dan, is that, is that next week? Or no, it's yourself? actually not. We're actually talking about strength training next week. Oh, okay. And then after that, I want to do a whole episode on sweet spot. Wow. Okay. And then maybe the sauna episode after that. Yeah. Got it. So there's a month worth of stuff to look forward to, guys. Look at us. We're, we're a content producing machine. Anyway, uh, we'll try to report back on uh, any food recommendations we got. Feel free to send more over. Uh, everybody be safe this week if you're going to ride outside. Um, probably don't because it looks really, really cold and inversion-y. Um, uh, you know, get out, work hard, have fun, and we will talk to you guys next week.